0: This week's sponsor is absolutely perfect for true crime fans, especially those of us that love a twisty, turny murder mystery. June's Journey is a game set in the roaring 20s. June's sister Claire and her husband Harry were found dead, and June is certain that they've been murdered. Now, she must travel to New York, where her sister's estate was, to look after her niece and solve the mystery of Claire's death. You go along the journey with June, searching for hidden objects in different locations from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris, uncovering hidden clues to solve the mystery as you go. I'm already on Chapter 6, and the mystery has gotten so good. I cannot wait to uncover more clues. I'm also loving how you get to customize your very own luxurious estate island. That's right. Let your imagination run wild as you decorate your island with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. My pool is literally insane. It has a waterfall. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free on iOS and Android.
1: Well, I have something to tell you that I almost texted you and then I was like, I'm going to tell her tonight. So we launched our podcast on October 29th. Yep. Today is April 29th, the day that this drops. Which is six months from October 29th.
0: So it's our half birthday. It's our podcast half birthday. Yeah, podcast
1: half birthday. And this is episode episode 29. Oh my God. Which is obviously Creeper's Pod's lucky number. I guess it
0: is. You know what would be even better if we were doing this five years ago and it was also we were 29. Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers where we talk about all the real life creeps from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm
1: Mogap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. And the birthday girl. And the birthday girl, happy, happy birthday. birthday.
0: We've got to announce. Today's <gasps> the announce day. Announcement. We are going to start doing a giveaway on our Instagram every week this month. We're it's starting creep it sweeps. On MoGab's birthday. My birthday is next week. So in celebration of that, we are going to do a giveaway every week in May, starting today on April 29th. So please follow us on Instagram at CreepersPod. Our first giveaway is already up. We're giving away some True Crime Creepers mugs. Oh, highly, highly recommend. So I have been waiting for this moment. This episode is going to drop on your birthday. I have decided to make this my birthday present to you. Okay, but like. My only
1: birthday present from you?
0: Was... Yes, probably I'm a birth bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay,
0: yes, fair. This comes from the heart. <laughs> this true crime case that I've chosen specifically for you. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 a day or $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck, and then access your money as you earn it instead of having to wait for it to hit your account. Any money you access, including any optional tips, are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It is a much needed alternative to predatory payday lenders for people that find themselves in a bind, like a bill due Wednesday when payday isn't until Friday. Or you're like me and you're just getting slammed with birthdays. Why are all my friends Tauruses? With EarnIn, I don't have to worry about being late with a gift because I had to wait for payday. Download EarnIn today, spelled E A R N I N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in Creepers under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Creepers under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Today, I am telling you all about the time that Taylor Swift (gasps) was sued for reporting sexual harassment. Uh, Yes! This is my favorite. I mean, I hate that for her. And I love this for me. But you're going to love it for her because she was a badass. Yes. So something I don't think the peeps and creeps know is literally somehow Taylor Swift gets brought up every single time we record. There was an episode where I literally had to cut like five minutes of just us (laughs)
1: terribly singing. (laughs) Wait, I think I know what episode this was. Was this fair game and we decided to sing end game? And, or did we leave that in the Scientology episode? <laughs> no, I think
0: we cut that. But that's not even the what I'm talking about. So we are definitely Swifties. But also, because it's your birthday, you're going to get a two-for-one special. Oh! Because I also decided, because the Taylor Swift lawsuit, it's a little short. It, it probably could have made a full episode, but it was a little short. So I'm also going to tell you about Kesha's lawsuits that I she's love been dealing Kesha. with. I love Kesha. You're going to love her even more. I literally put on praying Mm. on my way home from work because I haven't listened to that album since I did all this research for her. And I had I was kind of vaguely aware of what was going on with Kesha, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know the details. And after writing this, I listened to that song. I was in my car on the way home from work. I just started crying. Oh, good. Just crying.
1: (laughs) Uh, (sighs) This is okay. A few things. One, I hate to say this on record, but I feel like I have to be my authentic self. I used to not love Taylor Swift. I feel like maybe you knew this about me.
0: Do you know that you're the one that got me back into Taylor?
1: Oh, I did not know that. Yeah,
0: you gave me a copy of Red. I I, I thought she was cute. I like some of her yeah. songs. Like, But when she did country, I wasn't a huge fan. I just mm-hmm. don't really like country music. And you gave me a copy of Red, and you said, play number four, you're gonna love it Uh, which was trouble oh look at me you told me to play it and i was obsessed with that album i was obsessed with that song (gasps) oh
1: my gosh (laughs) i'm sure that that like really hit home for me about someone at some point at that time oh my god it
0: hit home for me like nobody's (laughs) business at that time and that's how I got back. And then ever since, I've been, like, huge. I mean, every single album since has just oh, been – Oh, Reputation uh.
1: changed my life.
0: Uh, 1989 really hit it for me, you know? And Reputation yeah. was amazing. Loved re-
1: and then Lover –
0: God.
1: Uh, 1989 is has – I think that's the one that has Wildest Dreams. That music yeah. video with Scott Eastwood, I need that to be my birthday present. Like <laughs> – that <laughs> hits like up. a recreation of that yeah so i just okay. need people to know i really was not a fan of hers the second thing is i feel like i was like a kind of aware i don't feel like i'm super aware of the taylor thing i i know a little bit and i know kind of a little bit about kesha just that she was going through a lawsuit i don't know really any of the details about that so i'm very very pumped for excellent both of these
0: good i'm excited to tell them to you because they're both like
1: just strong, freaking badass women, like, ugh, standing up for themselves. I appreciate that you're giving me a twofer and not a you pick three, <laughs> because as we know, <laughs> not a fan of this. <laughs> Rather have a two for one than a you pick three every time. So I'm just going to dive right in. I'm going to
0: go ahead and assume that everyone listening right now has at least heard of Taylor Swift. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on her backstory, but if you've really lived under a rock that big, just know that Taylor Swift is super, super famous.
1: If Linda from LaPorte knows Taylor Swift, everyone should know Taylor (laughs) Swift at this point. Um,
0: This story starts in 2013, about right around the time I was getting into Taylor.
1: (laughs) And I was moving to Columbus, Ohio. Who would have
0: thought? That's right, you were. Taylor was on tour. She was promoting her Red album. She was in Denver at a pre-show meet and greet, taking photos with fans who'd lined up for the opportunity.
1: I am very familiar with those. As you know, your girl stood in line and met Brooks and Dunn and Reba McIntyre. Not to be confused with the time I met George W. Bush. That's for another time. But that also (laughs) happened. In case anyone's wondering...
0: I've never done a meet and greet. I stage door the hell out of people though. Oh
1: wait. (laughs) I've done one with you. (laughs) Yes, you were at Darren Chris,
0: the love of my life, Darren Chris. You were at that show with me. That actually just popped up on my memories, that photo. Oh, what a good time. I just now figured out that there's a whole tab on your Instagram with all your tagged photos.
1: (laughs) Stop it. You just realized that?
0: (laughs) I had no idea. Uh. There. But that's also how I met Bradley Cooper and we made eye contact. And so I'm pretty sure that we are married now.
1: Okay. Well, congratulations on your nuptials, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. your upcoming birthday. You're obviously turning 85 if you just learned about the tactical.
0: <laughs> I am 85. I am. You're 95, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out I'm- to my hip and back problems.
0: <laughs> so. Each group at this meet and greet would come into these this little 12 by 12 foot area called the photo booth, and they'd get the chance to talk with Taylor for a few minutes and then take a photo.
1: What do you even say to Taylor?
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what this group said, because one of those small groups was a radio DJ named David Mueller and his girlfriend, Shannon Melcher, who also worked at the radio station with him. They both stepped into the area to meet Taylor. Taylor introduced herself to them and thanked them both for coming to her show, and she said that David was just adamant about letting her know that he was with the radio station KYGO, in case she didn't know. Kygo? (laughs) Kygo. Is that that a singer? From here on out called Kygo. (laughs) David says that he told her she'd been so patient and sincere with her fans, and Shannon talked about how much she'd loved watching the little girls dance and sing while they waited in line. And Taylor told Shannon she loved her belt. The usual small talk. And then it was time to take the picture. Taylor stood in the middle of them with her arms around Shannon and David. Shannon put her arm around Taylor. And David put his hand up the back of Taylor's dress and grabbed her bare ass. No. No matter how far she scooted away from him, that hand was still there. He put it like not just on the up back, her dress and grabbed her ass.
1: I can't even imagine the gumption mm. that would take the audacity, the absolute pure pig of a person.
0: Okay. And say cheese because the picture was Ugh. snapped and it is awkward. Literally,
1: he knew a photo was being taken, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were like, let's take a photo. They were getting together to take the photo. And actually I feel like awkward is too easy a word for this picture. It it's gross. You can see that ta- and we'll definitely post the picture on Instagram. You can see that Taylor is leaning into Shannon away from David. It puts this space in between Taylor and David, and you can clearly see that his hand is down well below her waist. The only thing you can't clearly see in the picture is that his hand is actually under her skirt. You can't see that, but it's definitely on her ass.
1: Ah, uh, I cannot... Also, it must be nice to be able to wear what I'm sure is like a very cute outfit and not have to wear Spanx because you said bare ass and I'm just like, your girl is always in a full like girdle, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I mean, what does that even feel like?
0: Okay, I am sending this to you. There's the picture.
1: (gasps) Okay, first of all, I can't believe this dude. I know. I know. I cannot believe this. (laughs) (laughs) It, that that shit eating grin too. Like, are you serious, mm-hmm. sir? Are you mm-hmm. absolutely serious? Okay, so I mean he's obviously locked away, life in prison. Like, get me to that point. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what I want for my birthday. Don't give me this. Better not be a birthday gift of he's out walking around working at Kaigo. Also Right. Didn't I
0: mention that he's the one that sued her for this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So Shannon and David then left the meet and greet and Taylor didn't really know what to do. She told an assistant in the room, dude, that guy just grabbed my ass. But by this time, there were already fans in the photo booth, the next group for the meet and greet, and she didn't want to disappoint them. But as soon as it was over, she said maybe it was 15 minutes later, she told the photographer, Stephanie Simbeck, what happened. And Stephanie immediately knew who Taylor was talking about and told Taylor that she'd gotten a bad feeling while taking the picture, that it had made her feel uncomfortable. She showed Taylor the photo she was talking about, and Taylor said, that's him. So just to recap... She quickly <laughs> told her photographer what happened and then ID'd the guy in a photo within half an hour of the incident taking place.
1: Oh, I I already feel like this is me jumping ahead, but I already feel like one of the questions is going to be like, why didn't you do something in the moment instead of waiting? Uh, because okay. there's a line of other people, but she was smart to go to the photo. But I already feel like people are going to be like, why didn't you like yell out? Stop
0: the meet and greet. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Oh, for all these like 13 year old girls that like are about to keel over because they're going to meet taylor swift right because of what he did no no
0: no stephanie later said that taylor looked shocked and uncomfortable as the picture was taken she said you can look at all the other photos of taylor with her fans and she's very close to all of them in the photos like she is to shannon in this photo but in this photo she's clearly leaning away from david Mueller." and stephanie said that it was her opinion that taylor was trying to get away from him Ugh. Taylor then told her mom, Andrea Swift, and she was instantly livid that mm-hmm. it had happened, and she called a team meeting of Taylor's team. She met backstage with Taylor's senior manager, Frank Bell, and other ma- other members of Taylor's team to tell them about the situation. And before the concert started, Taylor's security was able to find David and Shannon in the crowd, and they were both kicked out of the arena.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Taylor's 24 at this point. Yeah. I just did. I yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, I
0: mean, I guess you can say at least she wasn't like 17 years old, but it's still. It's oh, disgusting.
1: I mean, it's cringy. Right. I was just trying to think of like myself, you know, like 24. I mean, I get that I'm not, I don't know, a billionaire m- megastar, right. but. And she, I mean, she wasn't like Taylor
0: Swift at this right. time either. Yeah. You know, I mean, she was like just coming out of just being on the country circuit, you know? Right. I mean. People knew who she was, but she wasn't like, it's not like she is now. The next day, Frank Bell called Robert Call, who was the vice president at Kygo. (laughs) (laughs) At (laughs) KYGO. Isn't that a DJ, Kygo? Or no, it's a woman singer? Who's Kygo? I don't know the vice president at KYGO, and told him what David had done. He said that he'd let Robert do his own investigation and come to his own conclusions, but he also said that he, Taylor, and Taylor's mother expected him to take appropriate action. Frank Bell said that he was disappointed and that Taylor's family was upset and they were looking for Robert to do the right thing. Robert immediately had David Mueller suspended with pay while they investigated. An article I read said it was without pay, but the actual court documents state that it was with pay and that Robert Call just didn't want the guy on the radio while they were figuring all this out for obvious reasons.
1: I don't know. Suspended with pay sounds kind of like a sweet deal. Right?
0: (laughs) Except for what happens at the end of being suspended with pay. Sure.
1: But like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Frank sent Robert the photograph from the meet and greet, and Robert, this is the vice president of the radio station, he said that Mueller's hand is definitely where it should not be, and that it looks different than most other pictures that are taken with a recording artist, but he said that you can't tell in the photo that her dress is lifted and that he's touching her under her dress. Does that make it better? Better? I mean, uh, right. Either way. Right. So... Robert calls a meeting with the KYGO executives and their attorney, Herschel Coomer, who was known as Eddie Haskell, like from uh, Leave it to Beaver. (laughs) Eddie Haskell was David Mueller's boss. So after this meeting, Robert talks to Frank Bell again, who Frank is Taylor's manager. Right. And then he meets with Eddie Haskell and David Mueller. And David says he didn't do it. He said that if there were other camera angles, he would be vindicated. He said that the photo looks like that because it was taken in motion while he was last minute jumping into the photo. And Taylor says that's ridiculous. They took the photo like she took every other photo. She said, hello, would you like to take a photo now? And then they all posed for the
1: picture. Yeah, like this jumping in last minute. I mean, that's stupid.
0: Yeah. And also, like, what Taylor just has it out for this guy. She's just yeah, making like, out that she? his hand went up her dress. Yeah, because I have a She's feeling. She's just a girl. She just wanted attention that day. Yeah. She wasn't getting enough attention <laughs> at her meet <laughs> and greet. <laughs> <Say>,
1: Taylor's <laughs> not getting enough attention. I'm yeah. also just like, if there were other camera angles, like, you know that it's not. It's like one person with a little. Right. Like, I'm sure right. now she probably got multiple. <laughs> <laughs> So the
0: day after that, David Mueller's contract with KYGO was terminated on the grounds that he violated the morality clause of his contract, which basically said that if he, that if he got involved in any scandal, he could be terminated. Great. And that's the end of the story. Everyone got over it and just went oh, about their lives. <laughs> yes. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> Bitch, it's my birthday.
0: I promise you the best parts of this story are to come. Oh, God. David had been in radio since 1994 and that job at KYGO was his dream job. He'd been buddies with his co-host Ryan for a while and Seacrest? No. Oh. <laughs> Different lesser Ryan.
1: Mm-hmm. Lesser Ryan. <laughs>
0: both thought it was awesome when they'd been hired together. He'd resigned from his previous job so that he could take it. And it came with a $25,000 signing bonus and $150,000 a year for two years with an option for a third year. And so it really makes me mad when all the morning show hosts I've listened to all my life complain about how little money they make. How there's yeah. no money in radio.
1: Wait a second, is this podcast a prerequisite for being on the radio? Because, I mean, I know that's what my mom thinks I do, but how do I do that?
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) So it was a big blow when he lost that job. And two years go by, and David Mueller is big mad.
1: Wait, two years since the photo? Or
0: since Two he got fired. 2 years since the photo, since he got fired. Yeah, he okay. he got fired within like a couple of days of the photo. Okay. 2 years go by. It's now September of 2015, and he hasn't been able to get another job in radio since KYGO let him go. And instead of self-reflecting and looking at how actions have consequences, he decided it was all Taylor's fault that his career was basically over.
1: Yeah, he doesn't strike me as someone who really gets down with self-reflection.
0: No, Just. he'd worked really hard to try and get another job, too. He hadn't actually applied anywhere, but he'd put oh. out feelers, oh. and no one was feeling him. So. <laughs> well, that's what he gets for <laughs> feeling up someone else without their permission. Yeah. Because of Taylor, he'd been let go six months into that sweet two-year contract, so Taylor should be the one to pay. So he decided there was only one thing to do. He sued her for three million dollars i mean pain and suffering in there i guess from losing his job
1: also i mean i feel like maybe not then no i mean taylor could definitely cut a check for three million not that she should ever have to i'm just saying
0: like oh she definitely could have but no way was he getting three million of her dollars yeah it's
1: principle mm.
0: In the lawsuit, it says that it was actually probably Eddie Haskell who grabbed Taylor's butt, and this was all just a case of mistaken identity. David details the story of when he saw Eddie after the meet and greet, and Eddie told him that when he saw Taylor, she'd been excited to see him because they'd known each other for a long time. And she was like, Eddie! And that he gave her a hug, and he put his hands on her butt. And Eddie Haskell is so pissed that David said this, tried to pass the buck onto him. He said, that's disgusting. He's known Taylor since she was 13 years old, and he thinks of her like a little sister, and he was really upset that okay. David tried to blame him. Wait. And Taylor says it was definitely not Eddie Haskell. She knows who right. Eddie Haskell is. Like, they've known each other a long time. Also, that's, like, a whole different,
1: like, scenario, like, place. Yeah. Like, you uh-huh. have a photo <laughs> with your face in it. <laughs>
0: Right. And it and it wasn't like while the photo was being taken. That it, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you his can't like pin it on someone else who's not in the photo. Right? Don't worry, though. David's defense of himself in this court document, it gets um, much better. He has this great defense mm-hmm. that says that he has met hundreds of other celebrities without incident, like Cheryl Crow, and Gwen Stefani, and Britney Spears. I'm serious, he lists them all. Christina Aguilera, Heidi Klum, Fergie, Mariah Carey, Beyonce, Jessica Simpson, and Jennifer Lopez. It's like he was saying, see, look, I was around J-Lo's ass and didn't grab it. Why would I grab Taylor's?
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm like very disgusted by that, but also like very annoyed that he's met all of those people, and I have not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor
0: gets this lawsuit. And she's like, the audacity. Yeah. Of this. The guy. absolute audacity. So she files a countersuit for assault and battery. And she yeah. asks for the sum of one dollar.
1: Shut the f- Shut up. One dollar. She sued him
0: for one dollar.
1: One whole dollar. I love that move.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yep. She said she didn't need the guy's money, and the one dollar was more symbolic.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder where that dollar is, because I hope she gets it. (sighs) Yeah, she got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's my birthday.
0: (laughs) I mean, he was kind of a... Anyways, we'll get into that. In February of 2016, David filed slander claims against Taylor, saying that she just lied. She just (sighs) made it all up. Good
1: God, David. Because on top of her busy schedule, I'm sure she wants to be dealing with court proceedings. whatever. Yeah, and that's another thing. This trial took like nine days. I'm like, you
0: want to talk about money owed? Think about the money she could have been making in those nine days when instead she's in court. Which is crazy to me. I can't wait to get to that. Well, we're here. The trial (laughs) started in July 2016, and David's lawyer had this amazing opening statement. Get ready to be inspired. He said, Inappropriate touching is offensive. It's wrong, and it should never be tolerated. Falsely accusing someone of inappropriate touching is equally offensive, (gasps) equally wrong, and should not be tolerated. The case isn't about whether touching is wrong. We know it's wrong. This case is about whether Mr. Mueller took his hand and put his hand underneath Miss Swift's skirt and grabbed her rear. Did he hold on as she tried to get away? (gasps)
1: Yeah. That's the litmus test? It's like (laughs) she should have tried running? Right. Right. I'm appalled. He said the
0: second question here was whether or not KYGO had fired David as a result of Taylor's accusations, which obviously they had. Then David Mueller took the stand to give his side of the story. So... David's story was that he arrived at the concert hall with Shannon around five, and they looked for Eddie Haskell and Ryan, but realized they'd already gone through the meet and greet with the first group. The second group, the group that David and Shannon were now a part of, were a group of lowly contest winners. (gasps) That's right. David, the DJ, was lumped in with a group of contest winners. And it seems like David felt pretty slighted to be with the peons and not with the important VIPs.
1: I hate this man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When they finally got to Taylor, he said that she was very friendly towards Shannon, but that he found her to be cold and standoffish to him. I'm guessing because he was looking for some sort of special treatment because he worked for the radio, because Taylor said that he was adamant about letting her know several times that he worked for KYGO, he said he was just looking for some professional respect. He said they made small talk for about 30 seconds, and then Taylor said, hey, how about a photo? And David said it seemed like she was trying to hurry them along. And it, it, it just seems like this guy has a huge sense of entitlement to Taylor. Like, Yes, she's trying to hurry you along. You're some radio rando DJ who's admitted that he wasn't even really a fan of hers. And she's trying to meet her actual fans
1: that won a contest to meet her. Right. And also, like, she left all that space in that photo for your big ass ego, David. That's it.
0: (laughs) He said that when it was time for the photo and, you know, listen to how his story has changed from jumping in. To now, his arm extended out with his hand closed. What do you close your hand? I don't. Okay, his hand was closed, his palm facing down, and that he came into contact with some part of Taylor's body, but that it felt like a rib cage.
1: I don't know your, how many asses you touched in your life,
0: but <laughs> they don't feel anything like a rib cage. They're nowhere near your rib cage.
1: Listen, my rib cage is not. <laughs>
0: I don't know how you messed that up that badly. He said he didn't notice Taylor being uncomfortable, but he also hadn't realized she was scooting so far away from him. When Taylor's security kicked him out of the concert, he said he was shocked. He said (laughs) he did no such thing and even offered to get the police involved to investigate. But Taylor's team didn't want to press charges. They just wanted him removed from the concert.
1: Yeah, like I feel that he maybe could have been removed and done some self-reflection and it would have ended, but he had to go, I don't know, try and sue the person he assaulted.
0: Right. So the next day when David was called into that meeting with Robert Call and Eddie Haskell, he recorded it, which would be important because this is the meeting where he's basically saying they fired me because Taylor accused me of this thing. So if that tape existed... It might be helpful to either side, depending on what was on it. It was a two hour recording, but David only thought about 14 minutes of it was important. So he just edited that file down and he says he was only doing it to isolate clips that he thought would help his lawyer understand what they were accusing him of. So Taylor's lawyers asked for the full unedited file, but wouldn't you know it, it'd been
1: destroyed. Wait, he really (laughs) tried to edit the clip? Like, and then give that only the section that he chose to right. the lawyers, because right. they wouldn't understand the rest. <laughs> right, because he, it, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: So it was originally on his iPhone, but then he transferred it to his laptop, he deleted it from his phone, and then he spilled
1: coffee all over his laptop keyboard, and the original file was destroyed. sir. I have spilt many a things on my laptop keyboard. Sorry, Andy, but it doesn't <laughs> delete all of your files. It
0: said <laughs> that it like destroyed his hard drive, basically. Mm. And Taylor's team said that he destroyed it on purpose. I don't think anyone would completely destroy a laptop like like it could not be recovered. It it really did destroy. He needed a whole new hard drive just to rec- just to destroy a recording that he had recorded, I think if it were that bad that he wouldn't want it out, he just wouldn't have turned it over to his lawyer. But I don't yeah. know. He made some very stupid decisions before this. So I guess <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. But the judge agreed. He did not think David had intentionally destroyed this evidence. And it pro- it probably was because of these accusations that he got fired. There would be no other reason. Like he was fired because he grabbed Taylor's ass. Right. And so, like- she told somebody about it. And now he's saying that was slander. And anyways, David admitted at trial that it was difficult sometimes to work for Eddie Haskell. When Eddie testified, he said that he threatened to fire David several times before this. And the guy had only been working there a few months when the butt grab
1: happened. Oh, so he admitted that. Eddie admitted he tried firing David several times.
0: Not that he would tried, but that he had threatened to and had like, he had, yes. He said he respected David as an on-air talent, but that he was very unprofessional And David admitted that his talent agent told him that KYGO had been thinking about terminating him well before the butt grab because of insubordination. (laughs) David said it all stemmed from Eddie Haskell wanting to hire some guy named Cadillac Jack, but that David and his on-air partner, Ryan, didn't want to add a third
1: person. I know Cadillac. Oh, that's Cactus Jack. Oh, so confusing (laughs) around here. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously, he doesn't have a great record.
0: Right. Yeah. And so David said that because of this whole ordeal, he hadn't been able to get another job in radio. He'd basically been blackballed from the radio stations. And first of all, on-air radio jobs are few and hard to come by in the first place. Second, you're not entitled to a job on the air. And third, people get fired All the time from radio. And he'd actually been fired twice before from two different radio stations, one in Kansas City in 2001 and one in Minneapolis in 2005. But apparently neither one was over inappropriate behavior. But I'm like, maybe it's because of all that that she didn't get another job.
1: Yeah, like maybe y'all should all talk to each other too. Like check your references.
0: But David said it's because of Taylor's accusations that he hadn't been able to get a job. Then it was the defense's turn. Ah, yes. Taylor's lawyer, Ballbridge, held up the photograph and said, What's wrong with this picture? A woman is assaulted, a woman reports it, and she gets sued. He said that David Mueller was suing her for 15 times the amount left on his contract with the radio station. And he was able to point out that Taylor's not the one who fired David, so why is he suing her and not KYGO, And also, he's the one who filed the lawsuit publicly and harmed his own reputation. Right.
1: Big reputation. Big reputation. reputation. But so did. Yeah. So like she, it wouldn't have gone anywhere had he left the concert and then that's it. No one would have known. Probably. She didn't. I mean, she told her
0: team, but they weren't spreading the word. They didn't want it getting out that she'd had her butt grabbed. Mm hmm. Ballbridge was tired of all the people saying that he touched her inappropriately. He said, It's not inappropriate touching, it's assault in the workplace. It reminds me of that guy who was running that marathon. Do you remember this? And as he was running by that reporter, he just slapped her ass. Yep, I saw that. And that behavior was so normalized. It took a public outcry to get him arrested. Like, we're finally holding people accountable for this. You, sorry, men, you can't go around slapping women on the ass anymore. Like, and when
1: you do, I mean, this happened to me in college at a bar on the square. The guy I was with at the time confronted the person that slapped, they slapped my butt. Mm -hmm. And they, we all, every one of us got taken out of the bar. And it's like, I mean, it's just crazy that that's, like, what – yeah. I mean, the victim is also always kind of, like, wrapped up in the blame. Oh, 100%. What were you wearing? Yeah. How are you dancing? What were you doing?
0: Ah. You wouldn't have worn that if you didn't want guys grabbing your ass. Mm-hmm. My bedazzled jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor didn't even have this guy arrested. She had simply had the the incident reported to his boss. And I guarantee you, once she told her mom, her mom ran on all of that. I'm sure Taylor at 24 wasn't like, call his, call the radio station. I want him fired. You know, right. I'm sure it was her mom that was like, no, you're not going to grab my daughter's ass. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know that, but that's how I pictured the whole situation happening. And like I said before, what possible motivation would she have had to lie about something like that to his boss? Like, she didn't lie, she didn't make it up, and she wasn't the one going around telling everyone about it and keeping Mueller from getting a job. They told one person, Robert Call, and they left it up to the radio station after that. Yeah, but she didn't start this lawsuit either. No, but David? Well, he told at least 37 people about the allegations. Oh, that's a fair. exact number that works in the radio industry it is a very exact number i'd love to see that web (laughs) flowchart. these 37 people were all people that worked in the radio industry it wasn't taylor that made these allegations public it was david so david said that he'd applied to like 12 different top 20 radio stations but poor thing hadn't managed to land a job So Balbridge asked him why he didn't apply to other markets. There are tons of other markets out there besides Top 20. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I could have done that. He then gets David to admit that he hadn't actually applied for a single job. (gasps) Wait, nah. But he'd put out feelers that hadn't landed him anything, except for maybe talk of him landing a promotions job in Philadelphia. But he decided not to apply for that job. But it's all Taylor's fault that he can't get a job.
1: This man literally never applied.
0: He's like, I'm waiting for our jobs to fall into my lap. They're not falling. It's Taylor's fault. (laughs) Yeah. Lord. What a creep. Andrea Swift, Taylor's mom, took the stand and it was heartbreaking. She said she was so upset when Taylor told her what happened. She wanted to cry and vomit. She was asked why she didn't call the police. And she said they felt it was important that they tell David's employer what happened so that it wouldn't happen to anyone else, but that they really wanted to keep it private. She was really afraid that if it got out, Taylor's life would become entwined with this incident. I mean, they just barely moved on from the Kanye thing. She didn't want every single interviewer to bring it up. She didn't want all the internet memes and GIFs that would be made, the doctoring of the picture that she knew would happen. She didn't want Taylor to have to relive that moment over and over again.
1: And also, like, famous or not, you get to decide what you report in an assault. Like, you get to determine whether or not, yeah, you want to relive it every time you want to go through all those steps. Like, that's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. She said that Taylor told her how upset she was that after the photo,
0: she thanked him for being there. She said it was just destroying her that she had said that to him. And Andrea said that it made her question why she, as a parent, taught Taylor to be so polite. And it's something that we teach to girls all the time. Be Mm -hmm. polite. There are more important things than being polite. Yeah. She also testified that Taylor has never, ever, ever, ever told her that anyone else had ever assaulted her before David, despite endless meet and greets and even going out into crowds of people. But that she'll never do that again. Go out into the crowds of people.
1: Oh, I never thought about that. Like on concerts and stuff. Like yeah, walking in and
0: Yeah. The whole time the defense is making this big deal about whether or not anyone on Swift's team told KYGO to fire David. And I just don't understand the point in that line of questioning. They're all saying they didn't. That they just told the station what happened and told them to make up their minds from there about what to do. But even if Andrea Swift had called up this radio station and said, your DJ grabbed my daughter's bare ass under her dress during a meet and greet. I want him fired. Yeah. I don't understand what's wrong with her doing that. He
1: should be fired if he did that, which he did. My mom has called many of my employers and <laughs> let them know how she felt about stuff not nearly as serious, so I don't see <laughs> why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, shout out to the moms, man. The mama uh, bears. Yeah. Being, being a mom is... I can't imagine.
0: <laughs> God, no. And then on day four of the trial, Taylor Swift herself <gasps> took the stand. Oh, really? I didn't think and that would she happen. was... Unbelievably amazing in her testimony. Her testimony is really the reason I wanted to do this case. Tell me everything direct. She was firm, her story never wavered, and my favorite part was that she kept calling David Mueller's defense attorney by his first name, Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Gabe. (laughs) Taylor testified that it was a definite grab, a very long grab. She said it was long enough for her to be certain that it was intentional. She said, this is a quote, he stayed onto my bare ash cheek as I lurched away from him uncomfortably. The first couple of milliseconds, I thought it must be a mistake. I moved to the side very quickly and she repeated that he'd gone under her dress. She said the whole incident had shaken her and under cross-examination, David's uh, attorney, Gabe McFarland, here on after called Gabe, <laughs> <laughs> asked her why she continued on with her schedule. He said that she could have just stopped the meet and greet. And Taylor said, And your client could have just taken a normal photo with me. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Gabe then asked Taylor if she was critical of her bodyguard, Dent, for not stopping the assault. And Taylor said, I'm critical of your client sticking his hand under my skirt and grabbing (laughs) my ass. (laughs) Gabe tried to say, you couldn't see anything inappropriate happening in this photo. And Taylor said, Gabe, that is a photo of him with his hand up my skirt with his hand on my ass. You can ask me a million questions. I'm never going to say anything different. I never have said anything different. Did she keep saying ass? Over and over and over again. <laughs> she said it was the most times the word ass has ever been said in court.
1: And they oh my did it God. on
0: purpose. That was a, that was a intentional strategy. for sure. Yeah. It it just paints so much more of a vivid picture. He grabbed a handful of my ass, then he touched my butt or my backside or my rear end or my Well, and bottom. it's
1: minimizing it to make it sound like yes. he did this small inappropriate thing. No, he reached all the way up there.
0: Yep. And grabbed my ass. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine. But the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's PROSE.com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around stressors, big and small. For me, this comes in the form of work, too many deadlines, relationships with people, irrational fears of the future. When we keep them bottled up, it can really start to affect us negatively, mentally and physically. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. My therapist has really been helping me work on coping skills for how to handle my stress, how to handle day-to-day tasks that I struggle with, as well as working on communicating and improving personal relationships and just talking through problems with somebody who understands. It's something I wish I'd started ages ago. But finding a therapist is so overwhelming. Are they taking new patients? Are they taking insurance? And once you find one that says yes to both of those, are they a good fit? If not, you have to start the process all over again. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creepers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Creepers. So Gabe said, well, you can't see any disruption in your dress, like in the photo. And Taylor said, that's because my ass is located in the back of my body. <laughs> what a queen. What a queen. Ugh. She completely shot down David's story that they were jostling, trying to get into formation for the photo. <laughs> Taylor says it's really easy to get into formation. You just stand there. She's had, she said she's had plenty of nervous and awkward first encounters, plenty of accidental jostling here and there. Usually you both laugh and awkwardly apologize. And that did not happen here. She said he did not touch her rib or her arm. He grabbed her bare ass. Yeah. Gabe asked Taylor how she felt about David Mueller losing his job at KYGO, and Taylor said, I didn't have a reaction to a strange person I didn't know losing his job. That was a product of his decisions, not mine. I'm not going to let you or your client make me feel like this is my fault. Yes. Mm. Gabe asked if she's sure it was David who allegedly grabbed her, and Taylor said, It happened to me. He had a handful of my ass. I know it was him. I didn't need a picture. I could have picked him out of a line of a thousand. This is not alleged. I don't need you to grill me about the tiny details of this photograph.
1: But also, there is a photograph that he is in. So yes, I am sure. 100% sure It was him. Yeah.
0: She was so amazing on the stand and she held up so well under Gabe's questions that her lawyer didn't even need to cross-examine her. It's insane to me that in this whole thing, Taylor is the one on the defense side. She's the defense having to defend herself in a lawsuit after she was assaulted. And over and over again, David's lawyer points to the picture saying, you can't tell where his hand is. There's no proof that he grabbed her ass. Except Taylor said he did it. Yeah. And why would she say she did it? And you can kind of see. Yes. So in the end, the jury found in favor of Taylor and her team. They believed (sighs) she'd been insulted and that neither Taylor or anyone else named in the lawsuit was responsible for David getting fired except for him. Yes. And it took a while, but he finally paid her that one dollar. But he paid it in the form of a Sacagawea coin. He really felt like he did something there.
1: Yeah, did he? Yeah, did he though? (laughs) I kind of think it's badass that he paid it only with the only piece of money that has a female on it. Yeah, like he was trying to like
0: make a point, like here's for your feminism, but it's like really like, yeah, we won that day. Yeah,
1: me and Sacagawea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that is the story of the time (sighs) Taylor was a massive badass on the stand.
1: I just love that like she probably could have, I, I don't know how it all works, but, like, something tells me she could have not appeared or been on tour and, like, just, I don't know. But she was, like, there for nine days. She was days. there
0: every single day. Nine yeah, days well, is a long time. Okay. I, I don't want to say she was there every single day because I'm not 100% sure of that. But,
1: but I mean, like, she was
0: yeah. ready to. She was definitely there on multiple. She was there when her mom testified. She was there when, she, obviously, she testified. She was there. I'm And I'm sure she was there when the jury. I, I think she was there every day because she was the defense.
1: Yeah. I wonder if, do you think her court outfits were better than Anna's? I need to see what Taylor wore. But, well,
0: we only have like the courtroom sketch artist drawings. Yeah. And it's like this courtroom sketch artist has never seen Taylor Swift before in her entire life. <laughs> like,
1: like, do you even know what she looks like? <laughs> I mean, again, it shouldn't matter what she's wearing. We talked about that. But I just picture her looking like such a – like Taylor cross between a lawyer. Like, that's what I'm picturing. It just looks so cool. These
0: pictures are ridiculous.
1: I can't wait. More ridiculous than Britney Spears' paintings? (laughs) Who's the better artist?
0: (laughs) Britney. Look at these pictures. It's like, have you ever seen – do you know what Taylor Swift looks like? The first one is a little bit
1: better. (laughs) These are tragic.
0: They're bad. Uh, Do you feel like she was like, felt very offended by these? No, I think she didn't give a shit. I don't think she cares about stuff like that. God, these are awful. They're bad. Okay. So I knew the Taylor Swift story would be short. And yes, I think the Kesha story is so frustrating and so awful, but also short. So I thought it would make a good double feature for this episode. Oh, I forgot to say a major thank you to Blair Miller for the Denver channel. Most of my information for that came from him because he like basically went to the trial every day and then recapped what happened at trial. And that's like where a lot of my information came from. That and like fourteen million
1: articles that you're gonna make me link for my birthday episode.
0: Yep, fourteen million articles. Yep, you know it.
1: <laughs> okay, so the majority of
0: this information comes from an article in Vulture by D. Lockett and Amanda Gordon. So thank you to Dee and Amanda. So. Kesha burst onto the scene in 2009 when she was featured on Flo Rida's single, Right
1: Round. Oh my God. I also burst onto the scene in 2009. I know 2009 comes up a lot, but if if the listeners are out there and they are putting in chronological order the years that I peaked, 2009 is first place. (laughs) Got it.
0: So then in late 2009, she released TikTok and had single after single hitting the Billboard top charts. She sold millions of tracks, was listed as the 26th top artist on Billboard's decade chart, and received many awards and nominations. And then in 2014, she just suddenly stopped making music, and it would be several years before we would hear from her again.
1: Yeah, where'd she go? Well, that's
0: what our story is about today. I always liked Kesha. I thought her songs were like really fun. She had some major bops and her music definitely made the rounds. And I noticed when she just seemed to disappear. And then I found out what was going on and it just made me sick to my stomach the way that she was treated. If we thought Britney was done dirty, it is nothing to what was done to Kesha. I'm going to use the word alleged a lot in this story, and that's for reasons of not getting sued. But I just want to say, in all caps, I believe Kesha going forward. Okay.
1: (laughs) Does that not counteract all the times you say alleged, though? No.
0: I have to say alleged.
1: It's alleged. It's alleged. It's alleged. Um, I remember thinking it was weird that we didn't hear from Kesha, because I kind of f- remember thinking, like, there was Christina and Brittany, and then Taylor was coming into the scene, but Taylor almost had a different, like, yes, Taylor is pop, but she wasn't, like, party pop, where, like, Kesha's, I don't know, like, party pop, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Pa- Kesha was, like, club. Like, she had right. this whole
1: image. So I felt like she was going to kind of be the next, like, Brittany with, like, I don't know, club songs. And then she just died out.
0: So Kesha Siebert grew up around music. Her mother, Peeb Siebert, was a songwriter. She'd even written a song that eventually Dolly Parton made popular.
1: (gasps) Oh, Dolly.
0: Yes. Old Flames Can't Hold a Candle to You was the song. Kesha was a really good student. She got a near perfect score on her SATs. And she'd take songwriting classes. Her mom would teach her to write songs, too. But our story really starts in September of 2005. Kesha was 18 years old, and her biggest claim to fame at the time was a cameo on The Simple Life, which I didn't know, and I'm going to need to find that clip. What a good show. (laughs) (laughs) She was living in Nashville, sending her demos around, and a guy who went by Dr. Luke hears them. Back then, his biggest claim to fame was producing Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. And he really liked what he heard from Kesha. So he signs Kesha to a six album deal, binding her to his recording and publishing companies, KMI and Prescription Songs.
1: When you say six records, like. Mm -hmm. Like six albums. Like she needs to produce six albums under this label. Yep. Do we think he's actually a doctor or no?
0: 100% not a doctor. In October 2005, Dr. Luke took Kesha to Nikki Hilton's birthday party at Paris's house in the Hollywood Hills, which sounds super fabulous, but turned into a nightmare for Kesha. (gasps) At the party, Luke gave Kesha GHB, which is a date rape drug, took her back to his hotel room and raped her while she was unconscious. Wait. This guy that she just signed a six album record deal with.
1: I did not anticipate anything.
0: Allegedly, allegedly (laughs) raped her while unconscious. She called her mom the next afternoon and she sounded really disoriented. She said she woke up naked in Luke's hotel room and said, Mom, I don't know where I am. I think we had sex. I'm sore and sick. I don't know where my clothes are. I think I need to go to the hospital. (gasps) But she didn't go to the hospital. She decided she just wanted to sing. She didn't want to be known as a rape victim. She just wanted to get her music out. A year went by, and Doctor Luke didn't put out any music by Kesha. In two thousand six, she signed a management deal with a bigger company called Das or DOS Communications. I'm not sure how to pronounce them. They represented people like John Legend and the Black Eyed Peas. And oh, dang, yeah. So she was hoping they could sign her to a major label. And this is also when she decides to put the dollar sign in her name, becoming Key Dollar Sign Ha. Huh? <laughs> Wait,
1: <laughs> no, that's not like a thing, right? No, she just had the dollar sign instead of the S.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She had said the dollar sign was an ironic gesture since she was earning a living as a waitress at the time.
1: I'm deceased.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Doss, that's a joke from something. I did not make that up. I got that from somewhere. Some TV show said that some time ago. Doss lined up a deal for Kesha with Warner Brothers Records, but instead of staying with them... And I don't really understand this whole thing because she had signed this deal with Dr. Luke. So I'm not like 100% sure on the details of all of this. But basically, instead of staying with them, she went back to work with Dr. Luke, who got her a contract with RCA records. Kesha says that Luke coerced her into coming back to him. And she told her mom... Dr. Luke just called me and I have 24 hours to fire my lawyer and my managers and go back with him. Anytime I get a contract, he's going to come forward and basically say he owns me. What do I do?
1: So it sounds like she had signed with him. Then he raped her. She wants out of this contract. So she goes looking for other options. It's almost like a non-compete. She -hmm. gets other offers and then he's like, you can't leave. Yeah. It's like and the beast. Yeah. So
0: in 2009, Luke produced and co-wrote Flo Rida's song, Right Round, but it wasn't out of the kindness of Luke's heart that he put Kesha into the song. She had just wandered into the studio where Flo Rida was recording right as he realized the song needed a female artist. And I'm sorry if you've heard that song. There is no better female artist for that song than Kesha. I hate She's that song. She's perfect. Yes. I love that song. And she is perfect in it. Yeah, I agree. Kesha claims that she was never paid for the song. And on most (gasps) versions, she's uncredited. I didn't know that was her on that song for the longest time. And I still always forget that it's Kesha.
1: Yeah, I kind of, I was just looking that up. I, I don't know. Like when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, but I wouldn't think about her when I hear it, you know?
0: Right. She's credited on my Apple Music copy of it. But later that year, Kesha released TikTok and it was a huge hit. It spent nine weeks at number one and her first album, Animal, debuted at number one in January of 2010. So the single was released in August. The album was released in 2010. Yeah, That's, she's not
1: on credited on Spotify.
0: She's not
1: credited or mm-hmm. she For is right credited. Around, she's not Spotify get your shit
0: together that's Kesha answer for your crimes
1: just kidding I love you Spotify please don't cancel my account
0: (laughs) yeah and that would have been great for her her album coming out debuting Uh at number one except that year Dos sued Kesha for 14 million dollars in unpaid commissions from work they'd gotten her after she ended that contract and they also sued Dr. Luke for 12 million dollars for allegedly interfering in their partnership with Kesha
1: (laughs) Dr. Luke. In
0: 2011, Kesha testified under oath that Dr. Luke had never made sexual advances at her or gave her date rape drugs. But as early as 2005, she'd been telling people that he had and that she didn't want him to be a part of her career. And Kesha's lawyers argued that Luke threatened her safety and her livelihood. And like she would be the first rape victim to deny being raped.
1: Well, she has everything at stake to her. Yeah. This is her livelihood. This is her passion, her dream. Like
0: Right. And we're gonna let this this mm-hmm. horrible thing ruin that. This man. But she did end up having to pay about $8 million to DOS. So while Kesha is paying millions, nothing is slowing Dr. Luke, he co founded his own label, Kemosabe. Ew. That was an imprint of Sony, makes himself CEO. And Kesha was still under contract with Luke and RCA, so he brings her over to Kemosabe. And in 2012, Kesha realized that she had absolutely no creative control over her own music at all. She was working on her second album, Warrior, and she wanted to bring in some more rock on the album, get more back to like her musical roots, but Luke wouldn't let her. He said she needed to stick to poppy club hits. And Kesha very much had this like party girl club lifestyle image, but it wasn't who she actually was at all. It was this persona that she embodied to match her music. And in a tweet that she later deleted, she said she was forced to sing the lyrics to Die Young, which I love that song. But then Sandy Hook happened just like a couple of months after Die Young was released, and it was just a really bad look, which is not fair because obviously she didn't know that was going to happen right terrible timing and in 2014 kesha checked herself into a 30-day rehab in chicago for an eating disorder because once again you know early 2000s right now it's 2014 but she started early 2000s she is one of a very long line of female celebrities who was not fat and yet people everywhere said she was fat right
1: how is that still? Ha- I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. understand how about still like people weighing in on other people's weight. Like, uh... right. Let people live, please. And her mother gave
0: an interview saying that Dr. Luke was always pressuring Kesha to lose weight. And her mom alleged that Luke had compared Kesha's body shape to a refrigerator. <gasps> he said he hadn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please look at Kesha.
1: I, Please, I will not tell me that because like a I f- I feel like a refrigerator. <laughs> so I will not be doing that. I'm just housing I goldfish on this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> While she was in rehab, she told her doctors that Luke had physically and sexually abused her and drugged her. And when she got out, she seemed to want to leave the person that she was behind. She dropped the dollar sign from her name, saying that she realized it was just all part of this facade. It seems like Kesha was just kind of Fading into Obscurity. Her last album had been released in 2012. The biggest single on it had been Die Young. She was featured on Timber by Pitbull in 2013, but that was the last thing we'd hear of from Kesha until three years later in 2016.
1: Which is a much better bop than Right Round, I'd just like to say. Timber gets me. Oh, Timber's
0: fantastic too, yeah. I love Timber, but I I love Right Round. Gets me going every time. I love that song. You maybe said this. Is Kesha
1: her real name?
0: Yes. I didn't okay. know that. Me either. But she also had this like songwriting woman of a creative mom. So it yeah. did not surprise me knowing that That's about her. That's
1: cool. I didn't know that.
0: Yes. I remember not knowing what was going on with Kesha during this time. Like I noticed that she hadn't put anything out that was new, but I thought, you know, maybe that's just the way of the industry in one day, out the next. I had absolutely no idea what she'd been going through because on October 14th, 2014, Kesha filed a lawsuit against Luke and everything became clear. She accused him of sexual assault and battery, citing the incident after Nikki Hilton's party. And another where he, quote, violently thrashed his arms at her, forcing (gasps) her to run barefoot down the Pacific Coast Highway to get away from him. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. She also accused Luke of long term emotional and psychological abuse involving fat shaming. And again, if you look at a single picture of Kesha and think she's fat, get out of here. In the lawsuit, Kesha said that Luke's treatment of her caused severe depression, post-traumatic stress, social isolation, and panic attacks. In the lawsuit, Kesha says she wants to be released from her record deal with Luke, but no criminal charges were filed. That same day, Luke countersued her in New York for defamation, denied everything Kesha said, saying none of it happened, and reminding everyone of her 2011 deposition, where she denied any of it happening.
1: You're making me so angry, and it's my birthday. (laughs) What what is with these men? Like, thinking they can
0: just... He then filed a separate defamation lawsuit against her mother, Peeb, in Tennessee, just in case she tried to say there was no jurisdiction in New York. In December, Lady Gaga said in a radio interview that when she was 19, a music producer had sexually assaulted her... And Kesha's former lawyer, who happened to be Mark Garrigos, who was Scott Peterson's attorney.
1: Oh, I was like, I know that name.
0: Yeah, suggested that she was talking about Luke, but both Luke and Gaga say that she wasn't. So then Luke filed a defamation <gasps> lawsuit against Mark Garagos. Oh, God bless. So then Kesha's mom countersues Luke for causing PTSD and her saying that she's had to be medicated because of all the stress. In June of 2015, Kesha decided to add Sony to her lawsuit, which was the parent company of Kimasabi that she was signed to, Luke's label. Wow. She said that Sony knew about Luke's abuse and turned a blind eye to it, and that because of that, Sony had put Kesha in danger. And she also said there was at least one other Sony artist who was a victim of Luke's abuse. Oh my gosh. In September of that year, Kesha filed an emergency preliminary injection request to be released from her contract with Luke. She said that her career would suffer irreparable harm if she had to wait until the sexual assault lawsuit was over to record new music without him. And she said she cannot work with him because she doesn't feel safe with him in any way. And with no new music, that means no touring, no radio, no merchandise or sponsorships. It would obviously damage her brand and obviously did damage her brand, having been out of the spotlight for so long. Right. She submitted an affidavit from the president and CEO of Universal Music Group saying that no mainstream distribution company would invest the money necessary to distribute songs for an artist who had fallen from the public eye, as was happening to Kesha at that very moment. Wait, what is that, a letter? Yeah, it was an affidavit that she'd had the president and CEO of Universal Music Group saying, basically, if she's not allowed to record music, she's going to fall out of the public eye and no mainstream distribution company is going to invest in her. Like, this time is critical. Oh, so it was like in support. Yeah. He said, accordingly, if Kesha could not immediately resume recording and having her music promoted, marketed, and distributed by a major label, that her career would be over. Sony speaks out and says they want Kesha's lawsuit against them and Kimosabi to be dismissed and say that her suit is a transparent and misguided attempt to renegotiate her contracts. A spokesperson for Luke said they were confident the motion would be denied and that it was without merit. She again brought up Kesha's statement under oath that the abuse hadn't happened. In February of 2016, Kesha's mom Peeb, tweets that Dr. Luke was trying to blackmail her into giving up a songwriting credit for Timber by blocking all 16 writers from being paid. <gasps> yeah. So basically like if she doesn't drop her lawsuit, then none of these writers are going to get paid.
1: Also, why did it take 16? I mean, it's a great song, but 16 people? I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, have you ever seen the credits on some of these songs? No. It's going down. I mean, this is tough stuff, man. Yeah. I'm yelling Timba. I love that song. Later that munch, munch.
1: <laughs> I wish I was munching.
0: Uh, later that month, a judge denied Kesha's request that she be released from her recording contract with Kimasabi, meaning she was still trapped. The judge said there had been no showing of irreparable harm because Sony and Luke said Kesha could record new music without Luke being directly involved. Kesha's lawyers said, yeah, but they won't promote it. So it's an empty promise by Sony. And Kesha just sobbed in the courtroom mm.
1: and the free Kesha movement grew. Oh, I didn't know there was like a, maybe I didn't know as much about this as I thought. Is this still happening in that like six year window? Like, is she still in this? Like, it wasn't six, six years. It was six albums. Six albums. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. And she's
0: only put out two. Animal and Warrior.
1: Okay.
0: So after her request was denied, celebrities came out in droves in support of Kesha. Our girl Taylor donated Mm. $250,000 to her legal bills. Jack Antonoff offered to produce for her and just leak the music. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Lena Dunham wrote a letter of support. Adele gave her a shout out during an acceptance speech at the Brit Awards. And Lady Gaga met with Kesha and warned the public not to victim shame her for coming forward about the abuse. I mean,
1: look, I don't know. (laughs) Kesha, I would be putting out like Christmas albums with three songs. Like... I'd be doing nursery rhymes as an album. I'd just be like, <laughs> here's your album. Here's my audiobook. Yeah. Me reading. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, when- uh. Uh, I know
0: it's awful. So Dr. Luke responds to all the support Kesha is getting by saying they're all supporting an allegation only and that it's motivated by money.
1: He, he mm-hmm. tweeted that out from his personal account. I need people to stop with the tweets. You know what I tweeted today? What? That I spilt salsa all over my dog. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh. That's the that's the fire tweets I'm sending out. Yeah.
0: He also mm-hmm. tweeted that he didn't rape her or have sex with her, and that they were friends for a long time, and she was like his little sister. Oh. Kesha responded by saying, "This was never about renegotiating her contract or getting a bigger or better deal." It was about being free from her abuser.
1: Yeah.
0: But she said she would be willing to work with Sony if they broke all the ties that bound her to Luke. But Sony said they weren't in a position to terminate the contract between Kesha and
1: Luke. Why not? They're the, like, parent (sighs) company. I agree. And I feel like that's, like, a very great, I don't even want to use the word compromise, but she's willing to stay with this label, with Sony, if this abuser is out of the picture. That seems like... A A no-brainer. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: So Kesha appealed the judge's decision, and then Kelly Clarkson (laughs) went on the radio in Australia and spilled the tea. How did
1: Kelly know? Just like it's out in the public? Her experiences.
0: Oh. She said her label told her they wouldn't put her album out if she didn't work with Dr. Luke on Since You've Been Gone. And My Life Would Suck Without You, which unfortunately are two of her best songs, in my opinion. But despite how talented Luke is, Kelly said a lot of artists that have worked with him don't work with him anymore for pretty good, solid reasons. And she said it's just not normal to have so many artists not like you and not like to work with you. She said he wasn't a good person to her, that he would lie to people to make the artists look bad, and that he was demeaning to
1: her. Ew. Kelly's such a sweet soul, too, I feel like.
0: I know. Kesha posted on Instagram that Dr. Luke offered her a deal. She could have her freedom if she publicly apologized and recanted.
1: Oh, he looks like a Mm. chain smoker. (laughs) Like, just that works at the bowling alley part time. Uh He drives a beaten up Ford Taurus. (laughs) That's how I feel about him. Probably kicks his dog. He probably does look at his face. He doesn't deserve a
0: dog. He doesn't. She said she would rather let the truth ruin her career than lie for a monster. Yes. And then a judge threw out her case against Sony (gasps) and dismissed her claims that Dr. Luke had sexually assaulted and emotionally abused her.
1: So does that like put her back at square one completely? Completely.
0: The judge said they couldn't go forward with the claims because the incident happened outside of New York where the lawsuit was, except that Kesha had tried to sue Luke in California where it had all happened, but they wouldn't let her because her contract said any legal matters involving her contract had to be done in New York. The judge also said the claims were past the statute of limitations since they had happened over 10 years before. And also, there's just no evidence, and it had been so long, like, there was no way to prove in a court of law that it had happened, which is... The judge also said she acted unreasonably when she refused Sony's offer of breaking her contract if she rescinded her rape accusations. This judge was a woman, by the way. That was Kesha being unreasonable. Hmm. It's not Sony being unreasonable to just say, okay...
1: You're still with us, but not with Dr. Luke. Yeah, like, why isn't that the first option? Like, yeah, I feel like that should be an option for way less. Like, yeah, no kidding. You guys just like don't see eye to eye creatively. You should be able to go to someone else. Yes. Much less rape.
0: So after her case was thrown out, Kesha started just trying to rebuild her career she performed at Coachella and Dylan Fest, and she announced a tour with Major Laser. Which, my God, I wish I'd known about that because I would have been there.
1: Yeah, me too. I love them. I know. I've actually never heard of that band,
0: Major Laser. They're actually really, really good. Her mom dropped her countersuit against Doctor Luke, and they both removed Mark Garagos from her legal team. Mm. So then Kesha was invited to perform at the 2016 Billboard Music Awards, but Dr. Luke heard that she was going to use the performance to talk about the ongoing battle with him because, like, it's not all about you. Anyways, he didn't want that, so he wasn't going to approve the performance. And these are things I didn't even know the record labels controlled.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say I didn't know he could do that.
0: Yeah, I had no idea they could just tell her she wouldn't be able to do the performance when Billboard is inviting her to go.
1: And she's like, I'm definitely not going to waste my chance to perform and let people know I still make good music and talk about you. It's like- That's
0: exactly what she said. And so they let her perform.
1: She was like, I have no intentions
0: of talking about you, you gigantic narcissistic asshole. Yeah, like, I want to sing. So then August 1st, 2016, Kesha dropped her lawsuit in California against Dr. Luke and delivered 28 songs to her label that she had financed by herself (gasps) and says they're just sitting somewhere waiting to be completed and polished and released. In 2017, Luke threatened to sue Kesha for defamation over a text, which I didn't think (gasps) was a thing over a text that she sent to Lady Gaga about him, claiming that he'd raped another artist, Katy Perry. Mm. Kesha then filed a separate claim and accused Luke of being unsupportive of her music, refusing to approve her songs and refusing to promote any of it. She also said she still hadn't seen any royalties from Timber, (gasps) which came out in what, 2013? Yeah. 14? 13? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. She also released emails she said support her claims of his emotional abuse. One of the emails said that A-list songwriters and producers are reluctant to give Kesha their songs because of her weight. Luke said the emails are taken out of context, but I'm not sure what context could make that
1: better. don't know when else that would be okay. I still can't get past the defamation of a text, because if that's really a thing, I'm screwed. I agree, because your girl be firing text off when she grumpy i'm
0: wondering if it's just because the person that you're texting is lady gaga and that's why it could be considered defamation well, because better the not ever is... get super famous because... <laughs> yeah no kidding mm. watch what you text to taylor
1: yeah i will i'll be sure and do that
0: kesha just continues to get legal blow after legal blow First, she tried for a third time to break off her record deal under the reasoning that Luke breached the covenant of good faith and fair dealing with his abuse. But a judge shot it down, saying that she didn't give appropriate notice. I don't even know what that means. The judge also said that Kesha should have known that she shouldn't sign with Luke. Well, how would she know that? Because of the other people? She was 18 years old when she signed with him. This is what this is exactly what the judge said. With respect to the prescription agreement signed in November of 2008, Gottwald's allegedly
1: abusive behavior was foreseeable. Okay, but we're going to keep her in that? Right. (laughs) Foreseeable. Oh, my God. So that makes it okay. Right. It's her fault, obviously. She should have seen the
0: abuse coming. The alleged abuse. Luke finally leaves Kemosabe Records and reports make it seem like Sony was involved in that and that they were trying to distance themselves from Luke. I don't know why it took them three freaking years to do that if they were so worried about it instead of fighting her at every single turn,
1: but... Was it not foreseeable for Sony, though? Right. Good question.
0: Could Sony not foresee that he would be abusing all these people? Sony, answer for your crimes. So... Finally, with Luke gone from Kemosabe, on July 6th, 2017, Kesha released her first solo song since the Ooh. lawsuit called Praying. And like I told you earlier, Ugh. I listened to this song on my way home from work today. It's the first time I've heard this song since I wrote, since I like looked into this case. And I just started crying. And anybody that can listen to that album and think... That she is lying. I, can't I don't wait. even know what to say to that I can't person. Wait.
1: I mean, I know that song, like, I like that song, but now that I know all of this, I can't wait. I'm gonna be yeah. a mess. So then her album
0: Rainbow was released in August by Kemosabe and RCA Records. And though Luke is gone from Kemosabe, he still profited from Rainbow. That's all about wait. him abusing Kesha. Rainbow was released when? 2017.
1: Oh, 2017. Mm hmm.
0: According to her contract, Luke must produce at least six songs on any album she releases. And since he didn't do that, he can just pursue equivalent producer royalties in court.
1: Is he doing that? I'm not sure,
0: but probably. Yeah. Pink also publicly stated that that Luke is not a good person and that she would not be working with him again in the future. Great. So she had her own. There's a 2020 album? Yeah, High Road. Yeah, high Road sense. is fun. It it's it kind of goes a little like back to her. There's like a, you know, major bop, Tonight. You should listen to it. It's good. It's a good mix. Ooh. Just about taking the high road. Because she said the first song on it is called Tonight, and it's f- super fun. And it's kind of back to like the TikTok type, like we're going out mm-hmm. tonight. And she said that she debated whether or not she should – do a song like that with everything that she'd gone through but she also said that she doesn't owe it to anybody to be miserable for the rest of her life yeah and so this you can whole still album, go out girl <laughs> yeah and so high road was just about her moving on i guess and just kind of like putting it behind her taking the high road it's good
1: I love how every single song on this album, all 16, has the little E for explicit next to it. I mean, (laughs) girl, let it out. Here's my question. There's one song called Kinky, and it's featuring Kesha with a dollar sign.
0: Okay, yes, because there's a clip of her with the Spice Girls where they were recording next door, and she calls her mom, and she's like, Um, so the Spice Girls are recording next door. And do you want to say hi? And they call her Kinky Spice.
1: (laughs) Oh, So I think it's
0: like featuring her from back when she was that person, when she was that Kesha. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: I can't wait to listen to this. In May of 2018, a judge ruled that Kesha was not allowed to make any more appeals to be released from her contract. Oh. Yay. Lady Gaga was subpoenaed to turn over text messages from Kesha that accused Luke of raping Katy Perry. Both Luke and Katy Perry deny those claims. And it seems like Kesha and Lady Gaga got that information from one of the record label heads. Like, Kesha didn't just make that up. She got that information from somewhere, so she didn't know that she was, like, passing on a lie. Right. Lady Gaga maintained that this record label executive brought up this rumor during a meeting with her and Kesha. So Luke sued them both for reputational harm, and Kesha said those texts would have remained completely private, except that Dr. Luke decided to publish an email to millions of people and harmed his own reputation, just like David Mueller. Yeah, y'all are outing yourselves, I don't know. In a deposition, sobbing, Lady Gaga said that she first met Kesha in Dr. Luke's home studio and that Kesha had been in the back room wearing just her underwear. So when lawyers asked if she believed the accusations of assault had ruined his reputation, she responded, And I can just picture this in her voice, Lady Gaga. If you're asking what my view is of his reputation, I made my view of him and his reputation when I saw her in that back room. That was an image of something that happened to me. And I felt and knew in my heart that she was telling the truth. And I believe her. Uh Oh, I know. Me too. Me too. Kesha released her fourth album, High Road, in January of 2020. A month later, a judge ruled in favor of Dr. Luke and said that Kesha had defamed him in those texts to Lady Gaga because there was no proof that he had ever raped Katy Perry. Which, again, I didn't know repeating a rumor in a text message could be cause for defamation. But I guess if that text is going to Lady Gaga. Yeah, like, how do you know if you don't know? Right. The court ruled Kesha to pay something like $370,000 to Dr. Luke for late royalty payments, and Kesha says she plans to appeal that decision. The most recent things happening were earlier this month, on April 8th. Kesha filed a motion of appeal invoking a law in New York that says that Dr. Luke would have to prove that Kesha's texts to Lady Gaga were made with actual malice and that they were made with knowledge that it was false or with a reckless disregard of whether it was false. And that's where Kesha's at with her battle. She's still in the middle of it, still making music that unfortunately he can profit off of, but her choices are really non-existent at this point. I was going
1: to say, she has to make it right to get to two more albums to get out of this.
0: Right. I mean, it's either make music that he can profit off of or quit making music entirely. Yeah, she wouldn't. Yeah. So that's and it's just blow after blow after blow. Like every single thing in the court is not taking her seriously. Not like. And she's literally attached by contract to her abuser who is now profiting off of her. And there's literally not a single piece of legal recourse that she can take to get out of that contract. And it just is mind-boggling to me that someone this, like, if Kesha can't do it, right? like, if she can't get out of this, what... What are like the normal non-millionaire people supposed to do when they're in a situation like this?
1: Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. (laughs) That's what you're leaving me with. If Kesha can't get out of this, imagine if something terrible happened to you. Maybe
0: I should have flipped that and reversed it, put the Taylor
1: Swift at the end. Flip it and reverse it. I'm just going to remind
0: you of a few of these amazing quotes that Taylor said. (laughs) Great. Okay, please do.
1: It would it would be better if you just took the Wildest Dreams music video and put my face on Taylor's body. <laughs> Can you you don't have Photoshop skills? That's what I want for my birthday.
0: I have zero Photoshop skills. I wrote this whole thing for you. I just love well. when she calls him Gabe. <laughs> Gabe. I mean yeah, listen, to there's Gabe. no video clips. I know. And that's my
1: birthday present to you. I feel so honored. What is, my, what is my birthday present to you? Adnan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this whole thing started. I know.
0: That's it, peeps and creeps. Thank you so much for listening. We would love to hear from you. So find us on social media. Find us on Instagram. Enter to win an awesome mug. That's at Creepers Pod on Instagram. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at CreepersPod. And you can email us any feedback or case suggestions at creeperspod at gmail.com. You
1: guys are definitely going to want these mugs. They're huge. I love them. I ate ice cream out of them.
0: They're huge and they're super cute. They,
1: they got amazing. Chelsea on it.
0: Our girl. We <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea, our girl.
1: <laughs> But also a big thanks to everyone who's left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would still so love for you to leave us. That would be the... Best birthday present is leaving a five-star review, so please do that. They really help us out. So find an iPhone or find someone else's iPhone and grab it. Give us a rating and review. Y'all, um, you and make sure we will get that birthday present. I know. That review? I mean, go <laughs> hype me up. <laughs> um and then be sure to subscribe to True Crime Creepers so you'll have our next episode, which is your birthday episode, right? My birthday
0: episode, my birthday present to myself.
1: Which sounds like a whole lot of work.
0: It's so much work. I don't know why I did this to myself.
1: <laughs> <It's> the biggest <laughs> case. <laughs> mm. Bye, peeps and creeps.